Welcome to the Answers on Aging podcast. This podcast provides solutions to your questions and commonly faced challenges about caregiving, legal and financial issues, personal struggles associated with the normal aspects of aging, and the unforeseen obstacles that oftentimes can be life-altering and even devastating. Each episode dissects real-life, real-time issues and will often feature special guests who bring expert-level knowledge and free resources straight to you. This podcast is hosted by certified elder law attorney Todd Watley and licensed nursing home administrator Sarah Scott. Together, these aging experts bring an impressive combined 30-plus years of experience to the table in order to give you all the answers on aging. Very good. All right. Welcome, everybody. Uh, I am Todd Watley. This is episode number five. Episode number five. Hey, I'm Sarah Scott. This is our fifth podcast episode. We're just zooming through. We are zooming through. No, we're not zooming. We're not zooming. For once no. today, we're not zooming. Right. I need to push this button real quick. If it starts something. Okay, there we go. Okay. Sorry. No, you're a good. Technical issue there. Yeah. So what's today's episode on? Today, we are going to answer the question, what are my options for care and what are the basic differences between the levels of care? So this is a really um, in-depth question to answer we're going to give you a basic overview today Mm -hmm. we'll get into each different level and the specifics that you need to know about those in different separate episodes but this is just a good general overview okay why is this important well i was thinking about a story that when i was in working in the nursing home we had a gentleman come in he had had a stroke and had been living at home with his wife, but he needed some short-term rehab and skilled nursing to get him better in order for him to even have a chance to go back home because his wife could not take care of him without being able to get some more strength and actually be able to participate in like weight-bearing and and taking care of just the activities of daily living or ADLs, if you hear us say ADLs, that means activities of daily living. So that's anything from dressing and toileting, bathing, walking, walking, ambulation, feeding. feeding. So, uh, you know, kind of important tasks to be able to to do. And um, so the short-term rehab was able to provide this guy a lot of strength he got back and he was able to participate a whole lot more in these ADLs, but not as much as he needed to in order to go back home and live with his wife. And so they were just devastated. They're like, oh my gosh, first of all, we can't afford to live in a nursing home. And, you know, we're just going to be stuck in a nursing home. And they were devastated. He seems not as bad as a lot of these residents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He could he could do a lot of these things. But that's just all they knew. That's just, yeah, that's all they knew. That's all they had experience with. And so they just thought, I am doomed. You know, yeah. my yeah. life is over. And I got to be the good guy. I got to swing in and save the day and mm-hmm. be like, no, no, no. There's so much more out there mm-hmm. than just a nursing home that they didn't even know about. And so 
what we did is we went through all the different levels and helped get him the appropriate level of care. And he got to go home and live a long time. He wasn't stuck in the nursing home. And so it was just so astonishing to me because I eat, live, and breathe this stuff. And I know about all these different options, but so many people don't. And so when you have a life-altering situation or an acute episode or a stroke or a fall and you have to go to rehab for a little bit, don't think that that's the end of the world and that you're going to be stuck in there because there are so many other options out there that we are going to tell you all about in today's episode. Yeah, and there's people that don't even have acute, quick onsets. Mm -hmm. They're just declining and they're not doing well at home, but they think, I don't want to go to the nursing home. Right. And there's a bunch of things in between living at home independently and a nursing home. Mm -hmm. And that's the purpose of today's episode is to talk about those differences. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, the first, the first thing that I want to kind of clarify for you is what if you don't need help yet, but you don't want to have to take care of your house anymore. It's it's the house where they raise the kids. It's, you know, 2,500, 3,000, 4,000 square feet, and they live in the living room and the bedroom mainly. You know, right. They don't need that house. And so what sort of options are out there for them? So options for our listeners who are high-functioning and they just want life to be a little more simple, uh, there are retirement communities and there are also independent living communities. The differences between those Uh, It's basically with a retirement community, you're not going to have someone that always comes by and checks on you in the morning, and you're probably not going to have someone that does housekeeping or prepares meals. But you can go and do do things. Yeah. Kind of like the Jimmy Buffett retirement community. The what? There's a Jimmy Buffett (laughs) community out there that for all of you parrot heads out there that still up and going and you just don't want to mow or paint or do anything, yeah. you can go live in a Jimmy Buffett community that is for, I think the age limit's like 55. Oh, I'm not old enough yet. Todd, <laughs> would yeah. you would you hit yes, that yes, I would. qualification? But don't worry, I'm not going there anytime <laughs> soon. But anyway, it, so there are communities out there and, and they're becoming very themed like that, uh-huh. that very active, very up and going. And it, it is definitely not a nursing home. Stick me at Margaritaville. <laughs> I'll put in the show notes, a link that you can get okay. more information. Maybe Jimmy Buffett is listening right now and I'm wants sure, to, sure he is. wants to help us out with the show anyway. Okay. So we've got retirement communities. A lot of times these will have like a clubhouse or maybe even a community pool or um, a common dining area, but usually the retirement communities don't have what an independent living community would have, which is going to be someone that comes by even just to peek in and, and check on you or your loved one to make sure you're not stuck on the floor. Yeah. Um, they also will oftentimes offer uh, pretty minimal housekeeping services, maintenance is included, and then you can also have a meal or two provided mm-hmm. in a day. Mm-hmm. Uh, for retirement communities and independent living communities, I'm trying really hard not to say facilities. I know. Yeah. It's hard. Yeah. That's considered the F word in senior <laughs> care. Yeah, don't so use the F word. I'm trying, I'm trying really hard not to say facility, but anyway. 
Um, and then, so the independent living will have those extra eyes and ears, some maintenance provided, housekeeping, and probably a meal or two a day. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times those services are kind of a la carte. And so you just pay to live there. And then if you want those extra services, they just add it but to your bill. Sometimes they have a small kitchen mm-hmm. with a microwave, two burner stove or something, just so you can heat things up or do yeah. whatever. Yeah. yeah. And in both of these um, options, you are still allowed to keep your car Mm -hmm. you are still expected to be able to function safely and be comfortable living there alone or with your spouse some of them allow pets yeah a lot of them do small Uh uh-huh like a certain weight limit Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. okay so that is retirement communities versus independent living the next option is going to be senior centers and adult day programs so A lot of, especially around here, the senior centers have programs, exercise classes, support groups, card games, card clubs. I Mm -hmm. mean, these are places that you don't live there. No. You just go for the day. Yes. Thank Mm -hmm. you. You don't live there, but you can go, you can buy a membership or you can pay a daily rate. Um, But this is an option for you outside of your home. That will provide some socialization. It will provide assistance to a certain extent. It's usually pretty limited. Particularly the adult daycare. Yeah. You you can be fairly well advanced in your dementia and in your care Uh and still go to an adult day program. And it's basically where a family member is caring for them. But they just need a break during the day, either every day or one day a week. Yes. In the adult day program that I ran, we actually had a senior center right behind the parking lot, which was so cool because the well spouse would go play bridge and do the swimming class at the senior center and drop their loved one off with us at the daycare before they went. So they knew they were taken care of. They were, you know, supervised. They were having fun and socializing, too. And so um, those are just some of the differences between those two options. Cool. So that's pretty much your independent. We we did kind of, we did not bring up home care. If, if you do want to live at home, there there are services out there that will care for you at home. And yes. I think a lot of people, particularly after surgery, They've had a total hip, total knee, or a stroke, and they were able to go home but still needed the therapist to come out. That is a Medicare-provided home health. Okay, That is where they're doing a skilled service where a nurse and a PTOT speech actually do things for you there. Mm -hmm. And that's what I did my, my first few years as a physical therapist is I would go into the home and I would help people. But that is very limited. Yes. Medicare is pretty tight on that. And they're like, as soon as you either plateau or you are at the point that you're, you've done the best you can, mm-hmm. those services will discharge right. and, and you're done. And then there's home care. Yes. Talk about that. So home care is not paid for by Medicare. Mm-hmm. It's typically paid for either privately out of your pocket by a long-term care insurance policy. Um, you can also utilize your veterans benefits and Medicaid, and Medicaid for covering <laughs> home care services that are not skilled or performed by a licensed therapist. 
This is going to be anything as small as just companionship and maybe some light housekeeping or running errands with you or for you to 24-7 in your house, staying overnight, helping you bathe, preparing your meals. Um, And it's a long-term fix. And it's often, um, it, it oftentimes will require that you have like a certain minimum amount of hours per Mm -hmm. visit just know that home care is not paid for by medicare and it is a long-term resource that you can utilize for those personal needs and that home health that is covered for covered by medicare is more skilled short-term and you're not going to be able to get as much help for a long, longer period of time. Yeah, home care, the non-Medicare part of that is, you know, that's where everybody wants to be. Everybody wants to, to be home. Yeah. The problem is here locally, it's twice the price of a nursing home. Mm-hmm. If you have someone there 24-7, you're going to pay twice a nursing home. And nursing homes here are about $7,000 a month. And so typically... For 24-hour home care, you're going to pay fourteen to $15,000 a month. And so most people can't afford that, and that's mm-hmm. why everybody says, I want to be at home. Well, sure you do, but mm-hmm. it, it's very expensive. It is. And, I mean, it's, yeah. Yeah. It will eat up your retirement very quickly. So if, if someone needs a little bit of help, not full-fledged nursing home help, uh-huh. but they just need help, with their medications, or they don't take a shower very well, they're they're unsteady, they need someone to supervise them, and they can't do the home care, mm-hmm. what are their options? So the other options that come right before you're ready for a nursing home, you've got assisted living communities, and you also have memory or dementia care communities. And so assisted living and the memory care, what they have in common is that Typically, these types of providers will not allow someone to come in if it takes more than one person to physically help them with those ADLs. And so once they reach the point that it takes more than one person to physically assist them, that's when you know it's probably time to go to a nursing home. The other thing I've been told is the person has to be able to get out of the building by themselves. So if it catches on fire, if there's a alarm goes off, and assisted living does not have enough staff there to physically get everyone out of the building. Right. And so if they cannot get out of the building themselves, mm-hmm. you you can't live there. You need full-fledged nursing home. Mm-hmm. So it's, It is going to vary depending on each type, and we'll kind of dive into and dissect the different levels of assisted living in a mm-hmm. later episode, but... Um, just know that just a rule of thumb I have is more than one person required for physical assistance is typically not going to qualify right. for assisted living or the memory or dementia care units, which are um, locked, specialized locked facilities that have specially trained staff to work with people that have dementia. Yeah, they're beautiful. And typically the assisted living f- communities uh-huh. um, are beautiful. I mean, they are newer. Yeah. The residents there are not, they don't need so much care that yeah. 
the building has to accommodate that. They are many times very beautiful. Mm-hmm. I know some of ours here have huge fireplaces mm-hmm. right in the lobby, and they just tend to be a more home-like setting, not fully because you you dine in one place and stuff, mm-hmm. but people love assisted living because they are generally very different architectural Yeah, builds. and aesthetically. Right. And yeah. And the clientele there are not as involved as with a nursing home. And so right. people want to live there. Yeah. But there's a point when you can't live there anymore. There is. And on the on the topic of payer sources, assisted living facilities can choose whether or not to accept Medicaid for mm-hmm. long term care, which is another big expense if you're paying straight out of your pocket. So um, again, we'll dive more into that later. But just price wise. Real quick, how does assisted living compare to independent living and compare to nursing homes? Um, assisted living is usually between like I want to say four and five thousand a month. The independent starts out around like it depends on what all they provide, but around like twenty five. You have a lot of the add-ons that are available yeah. that most people will get. And then nursing homes are anywhere from six to seven grand a month. And that's in Arkansas, yeah. which is yeah. pretty cheap. So generally, whatever your your nursing home bill is, your assisted living is going to be somewhere between half and that much. You yeah. know, there are some nurse, uh, some assisted livings here that charge as much as nursing homes, uh-huh. but they're very nice and very yeah. fancy. And so just generally, um, independent living is going to be probably a quarter of what you're going to pay for a nursing home. Assisted living is going to be somewhere between a half and full price and then full-fledged nursing. Mm-hmm. I'm a consultant with some attorneys in the Northeast and nursing homes in New Jersey, New York, they are Thirteen, fourteen thousand dollars a month. So, yeah, goodness. Crazy. Okay. Um, and I do want to. I didn't put this in the show notes. I will though. But the continuum of care that's also available out there is it really does cater to the married couple. One is doing really well. The other one probably has dementia. Mm-hmm. And this community is basically its own little neighborhood, and it's got. A section of independent cottages. Mm-hmm. It's got an assisted living, um, like almost apartment building. Mm-hmm. And then within the center of the grounds is the memory care unit so yeah. that the married couple can get all of their needs met within one campus. And, and you really do, you don't feel as detached and like you're yeah. abandoning your spouse. Right. Yeah. Good point. A lot of the assisted living places have independent living so that you can just progress from independent living to um, assisted living. And then there's some that have a nursing home right next door or even in the same mm-hmm. building. So I know when I worked at the nursing home, there was it wasn't affiliated with our company, but it was right across the street in the independent. Mm-hmm. So, and then sometimes within those independent living facility communities, you can get, um, like they'll have a, a business within that building, the actual building that you can hire out like personal care assistance mm-hmm. and certified nursing assistance. Yeah. Did yeah. you just say that? Mm-mm. Oh, okay. No. Okay. Okay. Um, so we've got skilled nursing versus long-term care. So yes. 
skilled nursing, we've kind of gone into that, but uh-huh. that's where if you go from a hospital to a nursing home, but are there for therapy, for mm-hmm. re, for rehab, yeah, PTOT speech, nursing, things like that, to mm-hmm. hopefully get you up and get you to go home. Yes. But they are in a nursing home, which is a long-term care facility. And so uh-huh. if you get through Medicare coverage and you can't go home, but you need to stay there, it's the same building, could actually be the same room. Mm-hmm. It's just you are no longer under skilled nursing, which is paid for by Medicare, and you're now in private pay or long-term care insurance or Medicaid. Right. Um, <clears throat> and then, of course, right at the end is hospice. So hospice is really interesting because no matter where you are, if you're in a nursing home or if you're in an assisted living or if you're in your own home, mm-hmm. a lot of times these hospice agencies for the end of life care will come into, will have contracts with the the company or the facilities that you're staying in and be able to come to your room or to your apartment and provide those end of life services that really help ease um, the dying process. And it's, it's really amazing that they are able to go into someone's private home or a lot of times. And I know a couple of hospice agencies here where we live have hospice houses. I don't know how common those are in other States, but they're very nice. And definitely I would recommend at the end of life, looking into hospice care so that it can be as easy and painless as possible. Yeah. My mom died in a hospice inpatient care. So, mm-hmm. yeah, they are they are wonderful. And we will definitely, definitely do a show on hospice. And just for now, people wait too late. Yes. The number one thing, hospice people tell us, we've had them on the radio show numerous times, and they're like, once people get into it, they're like, this is the best thing ever. You know, it, uh-huh. it, it's not giving up. It is changing your type of care and many times it frees the person up they've Mm -hmm. been on medications or things that keep them drugged out and not paying attention but it's keeping them alive but for what type of quality of life once you get into hospice it's like okay this is the end but i'm going to make these final days or weeks or sometimes months as good as possible and people you know the hospice people tell us Almost everyone says, I wish I had done this sooner. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. we will do a whole show on that where we will have some experts on and they will talk about it. And hopefully, if you think of hospice as a bad thing, hopefully we can change your mind. Yeah, yeah. So, okay, just to recap what your options are for care and what the differences are. I'm not going to go again through the differences, but we've talked about retirement communities, independent living communities, home care versus home health, senior centers and adult day programs, assisted living and memory care or dementia care communities, the nursing home versus just a skilled nursing or rehab stay, hospice care, and then the continuum of care communities that kind of offer a little mix of of a few of those options yeah. sprinkled into the same campus. Nursing homes, so. Yeah. So hopefully now that you know about all the different mm-hmm. options that there are and have an idea about what the differences are, 
Now it's time for you to. How, how does a person, you know, if they're not in Northwest Arkansas, where if you are, you can always call us and we'll, we can walk you through that. But yeah. if they're not in Northwest <clears throat> Arkansas, who do I contact to figure this out? Well, I would start by talking to my doctor mm-hmm. and just saying, hey, what are the options for care in the community? Even if you don't need it yet, or even if your loved one doesn't need it yet, at least you can start exploring those options. Every state also has an area agency on aging. I need to add that to the show notes there. Okay. Yep. And um, these area agencies on aging will also have all the resources for you locally to figure out what it is what your options are, and then they will help you determine what level of care is most appropriate for you. Mm -hmm. So you need to talk to your doctor or reach out to the area agencies on aging and then explore what those care options are. You want to find out about what payer sources they accept, Mm -hmm. and you also want to ask about any waiting lists, even if it's not time to pull the trigger. Um, That's probably a bad bad way to put it. People know what you mean. Where's my sound effect? Let's say that again. <laughs> no. Let's don't do a sound effect. Okay. Even if it's not quite time for you to start receiving these services or make a move, you know what they require, you know how much money you're going to have to pay for them, and you are well prepared for when the time comes. Good job. So our Next episode, episode number six, is going to be more specific to the person. What kind of diagnosis, what kind of issues should be going on for you to need the different levels of care? Mm-hmm. And what what fits here, you know, what fits at home? What can you have done at home versus you're to the point that home care is not good for you. You need to move into somewhere. Right. When do you go from assisted living to nursing home? And then when do you bring in hospice? Yeah. So that's our next episode with more specific information on exactly how to find the place that's right for you. Now Mm -hmm. that you know what's out there, which of those are for you? That's right. So thank you so much, so, so much for listening to the Answers on Aging podcast. I hope this was helpful information and that you keep tuning in. Please subscribe and tell other folks about us. Thank you for listening to the Answers on Aging podcast with Todd and Sarah. Be sure to hit the subscribe and keep tuning in each week as they bring you helpful, useful, and easy to find resources for making life as we age as simple and enjoyable as possible. For more information about today's episode, go to AnswersOnAgingPodcast.com. Click on the show notes tab and take advantage of the free resources right there at your fingertips. To see Todd and Sarah live, tune in to the Facebook page Senior Services NWA to catch their weekly live radio program every Wednesday morning. Todd and Sarah welcome feedback and love to answer your questions. So please let them know what you think by leaving a review and share with your friends and family.